Hey everybody, Pastor Chris Cleveland here, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Chew On This podcast. I'm honored to have you along for the journey. I hope you're having a great day and a great week, and no matter what time you're listening to this, I hope it's an encouragement to you and it helps you in your walk with Jesus. Uh, That's what we're all about. We want to help you trust and follow Jesus with your life. And I hope you're having a good time. I hope that uh, these podcast episodes are an encouragement to you. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your prayer requests. I'd love to hear your questions. I would love to hear maybe suggested topics, some things that maybe you would love to hear us chew on. Shoot me an email this week, Pastor Chris at ElDoradoAG.com. That's Pastor Chris at ElDoradoAG.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to get connected with you, and I'd love to be on the journey with you. Let's take some time today to chew on this. Have you ever heard the phrase, you are such a worry wart? That sounds kind of gross to me if you think about warts. And it wasn't long ago I was thinking about the phrase worry wart, and I began to think, what if, what if when we worried, we actually had warts show up on our face? <laughs> Yuck. I mean, that just sounds bad, right? Uh, but what if, what if there was that evidence that we were worried in our lives? Now, we don't see warts actually appearing on our face, but the question remains when we think of that kind of a thought, uh, what, what if they were showing up on our face? How often would they be there? How often do we worry? How often does worry consume our lives? How often is worry really a focal point of our thought life? Listen, worry is possible for all of us. And in fact, I would suggest that uh, a lot of days, or at least a lot of weeks, there's some something that has the potential for us to worry. Maybe you are a spouse and you're worried about your spouse. Maybe it's an intense job that they work. Maybe they're endangered in their job. Maybe they have to do some risky things. Maybe they've been through a tough situation health-wise and you're concerned about them or you're tempted to worry about their health. Maybe you're a parent and you're listening to this episode and you know that uh, it can be concerning with our kids. All the things going on in the world, all the targets against them. Uh, just the nature of being at school and wondering what else they're going to deal with at school, maybe even considering their future could have the potential to worry. And man, if you add all of that to everything that's going on in the world today, goodness, there's certainly a potential to worry. The world is chaotic. A lot of people right now are questioning, you know, what's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen in our nation? Uh, What's going to happen in some of the things that are going on in other parts of the world that may seem to be over there, but could really have an effect on us too? What's going to be our part in those things? And it's tempting for us to worry, to sit down and and what if, you know, what's going to happen? And, And I don't know about you, but I find if I do that, I'm always tempted to play out the worst case scenario. It doesn't seem like I always jump to the best case scenario. Worry may not show up on our face like warts to be a literal worry wart, but worry shows up in our lives. Uh, It can affect our relationships. It can affect our interactions with other people. Worry certainly can consume our thought life. Uh, Worry can drain us and wear us out emotionally, physically. Worry can have a lot of effects even on our physical health. There are a lot of people who face significant physical challenges as a result of worry. And we haven't even talked about the fact that worry can lend to fear, that we've created this scenario where bad things happen and therefore we kind of live in fear, and maybe even an increase in anxiety 
or maybe even other struggles. Now, I want to be cautious and I want you to hear my heart. I do not believe that everything related to anxiety and depression is all just a matter of self-will or self-control. We certainly understand that there are a number of physical things that can attribute to a battle with anxiety, a battle with depression, or struggle in those ways. But at the same time, worry is something that we can succumb to uh, being tempted to worry in our lives. Uh, And again, maybe even every day or every week. Here's the reality of what the Bible teaches us, though, about worry. And there's a pretty good bit to say about it. God doesn't want us to live a life full of worry. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to have faith in Him. He wants us to walk with Him and trust that whatever's going on, whatever situation we face, whatever day it is, whatever's being shaken, He wants us to trust Him to take care of us. God doesn't want us to live a life full of worry. Worry is not healthy for us. We just kind of alluded to that a moment ago. And worry is not helpful to us. I mean, what have we really accomplished the days we worry? (laughs) If you're like me, you look back and you think, good grief, I I just wasted that day or wasted that time period. I could have been doing something else, and yet I was playing these things out in my mind. I was worried. So how do we deal with it? How do we overcome worry? How do we win the war with worry? How do we win the battle of the mind? I'm not going to read it today for the sake of your time, but I would encourage you to go and read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. These verses of Scripture are great encouragement from the Lord of that we are, are not to live a life of worry. And I would just give you a few key thoughts to think about and, and ways to handle the battle with worry. Here's how you win the war. Number one, I would suggest to you that you should continually reflect on God's faithfulness. Spend time reflecting on the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, how He's taken care of you. Now, you can do that even the Matthew 6 passage I talked about a moment ago. You can do that even by reading through that text. Uh, Jesus Himself talks about birds, and He talks about flowers in the field, the grass of the field, and He talks in both instances of how uh, birds can't feed themselves, birds can't provide for themselves, they don't uh, store away in barns, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. That's the quote from Matthew 6. And then Jesus said, are you not much more valuable than they? And then He talks about grass and the flowers of the field, And uh, God clothing the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you? And then Jesus poses this challenging question, you of little faith. Even looking at creation, we see the faithfulness of God. I mean, think about the fact that right now, as we're listening to this podcast episode together, that right now... This earth is rotating on an axis, a fixed axis, and yet we haven't fallen off. (laughs) Gravity is holding us down in our seats or holding us down to the ground rather than floating all around. The order of creation continues to function, certainly indicating a divine creator. In the complex order of creation... It's too great for us to even fathom. We see, even in the complex order of creation, God's faithfulness, His actions in the same direction over the course of history, over the course of time. But that's not even all. 
It's great to look around creation and see the faithfulness of God and understand how things are functioning day in and day out and how great He really is. But think about your own life. Look back over your life, times and situations and tough moments and valleys and stretches where it was hard. How often has God come through? How often has God been faithful? Great are His mercies. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I mean, it's really encouraging to look back. The psalmist said it this way, Psalm 37, 25, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never... Boy, that's a big word. I am young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. He couldn't look back and find a time when God had ever failed. He couldn't look back and find a time when God had ever failed to meet a need. He looked back and said, over and over and over again in my life, I see the faithfulness of God. God always comes through. God always comes through on time. God's always taken care of me. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to have trials and tribulations. We want it easy. Let's be honest. We'd love to take the high road, the easy road, the smooth road, the straight road. But the reality is there are some tough moments. But we have to go through those moments to be able to recognize the faithfulness of God on the other side. I'm convinced we often miss the faithfulness of God in the middle of the storm. But when we get to the other side of the struggle and the test and the problem, we can recognize looking back that God has been faithful. The Lord has been faithful. We're the most valuable part of His creation. So if He takes care of all the other pieces of creation, how much more is He going to clothe us and take care of us because we are more valuable, most valuable, being that we're created in the image of God. So let's ask this for a moment. Let's chew on this. Let's pause and reflect on this question. How often do you stop to look back on the faithfulness of God in your life? How often do you sit down, maybe even with a journal, and write down at the end of each week how God has been faithful in your life? How often do you look back and remember, especially in hard moments, when it's easy to lose sight, when it's easy to be distracted? How often do you look back and say, man, God was so faithful then, so I know He's going to be faithful now? I would challenge you to take some time at the end of each day, at the end of each week, maybe at the end of each year before we kind of reset to a new year every year. Take some time to reflect on the faithfulness of God. Number two, if we're going to win the war with worry, my encouragement to you as a believer, as a child of God, as a Christ follower, is to remember whose you are. Jesus said in Matthew 6.32 that pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So pagans are chasing after all these things. Pagans feel the utmost responsibility to make these things happen on their own. They're climbing the ladder. They're trying to be something, to be somebody, to earn their way to the top. And Jesus says, wait a minute, but you're a child of God. You're not a pagan. You're not just a religious person. You're following Jesus. You have a shepherd, a great shepherd. And if you know anything about shepherds, especially in the context of Scripture, they fight off the wolves, they protect the sheep, they feed the sheep, they lead the sheep, they correct the sheep. And now we were once like pagans. We were once doing our own thing and living our own way and living our own plan and had to be stressed out and worried, but now we're a child of God. And God will never neglect His own children. He assumes full responsibility for our care. We're His children and we need to remember that we're children of God. We have a king. We serve King Jesus. And the king is not off the throne. And he never will be. Thirdly, I would suggest to you that we need to seek God first. And we often talk about priority, and we often talk about 
following Him in the sense of putting God first and walking with Him and living in His children, those are all things that are true. He is certainly our King, not just our consultant. We are bowing down to Him. We are following Him. We're surrendered to Him. But seeking God first also means giving Him our needs. The Apostle Paul would write in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything. And the word for worry in Matthew 6 and the word for anxious in Philippians 4 are the same word in the original language. And that word means to be divided, to be distracted, to be broken down in pieces. This idea that worry is harmful, not healthy to us. He said in Philippians 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, there's that going back and looking at God's faithfulness, and also giving thanks even in advance. Present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now recently, if you know us, then you're familiar with this story. Recently, our new daughter, who's just now a month old, Aubrielle, Uh, our new daughter had some challenges. In fact, in the first four weeks of her life, uh, we spent over half of that time in Children's Hospital. And so uh, we've had an interesting time navigating because we have two other daughters, eight and three, and they don't necessarily fully understand, certainly don't fully enjoy parents being kind of either split, one in the hospital, one with them, or both being in the hospital two hours away and them having to stay with someone else. Well, in a couple of moments during these different hospital stays, there were actually two different ones, the two older girls spent time with me while mom was at the hospital with the youngest one. And I would drive them around the city we were in, and we stayed at a hotel at night, and and uh, I would drive them around, and I, I took them to the park to try to give them something to do. And, of course, I would feed them when it came time to feed them, and I would, I would make sure they were safe on the playground if I took them to a park, and I'd make sure they were taken care of at night and ready for bed and so on and so on. And I got to thinking as we were riding around the city one of those days, I got to thinking, you know, my daughter's basically just get in the van. I turn on the movie to play on the DVD player in the van, They just watch the movie, and they're kind of along for the ride. Uh, They have to do certain things certain times. They have to listen to mom and dad at certain times. They have to do certain things to get ready for bed or to eat or so on and so on. But, man, how much much does that relate to God and us? We're, We're along this journey with God, and we can trust Him. We can trust Him to do what we need. We can trust Him to lead us. We can trust Him, and we can trust His heart even when we don't see His hands, even when things don't make sense. We can trust God to do the things that we need Him to do. We can trust Him. So we don't have to worry or be anxious about anything, but we can give it to Him. When we talk about seeking God and giving Him our needs, I think also about 1 Peter 5, verse 7 that says, Cast all your cares. One translation says, Cast all your anxieties. Here again, that same root word. Cast all those things on Him, for He cares about you. I think about fishing. And if you've ever been fishing with a rod and reel, you'll understand this analogy. You, you cast out that reel. Now, when you're fishing, you're reeling it in, especially if you're bass fishing, you're reeling it in to try to get them to see that bait uh, moving around and jumping around to get their attention so that they'll bite it and so that you can hook them and pull them in. Well, we're good at casting the reel, so to speak, when it comes to our needs. The problem is we have a tendency like fishing to reel it back in. 
We have a tendency to say, God, I'm giving you all of these things, but then we walk away and we carry the weights we were never intended to carry. We we try to solve things with our own plans, our own abilities, our own solutions, rather than trusting God. And I, I'm convinced, and I don't always get this right in my own life, but I'm convinced we really can't trust God and worry at the same time. When we worry, we're taking it into our own hands rather than trusting God who has the whole world in His hands, including ours. Do we really trust God? Now, trust at times may feel blind. We don't know the details. We don't feel like we're completely in control. In fact, I would tell you, if you need to control everything and need to always know what's going to happen and always see the puzzle completed, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for you. You're going to have a hard time trusting God. But trust is never blind. That's the point. It's founded in God. It's founded in who He is and in what He's always done. Again, we look back and see His faithfulness. So instead of worrying, we seek God, we cast those needs on Him, let Him carry the weight, and we trust Him to do exactly what He said He would do. Number four, do the math of worry. Jesus challenges us when He says in Matthew six twenty seven, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I want you to think back with me. When has worry ever done anything to help us? I mean, in fact, we talked about it earlier. The word in the original language of worry or anxiety in Scripture literally talks about dividing us, distracting us, breaking us down in pieces. I mean, literally, we're accomplishing nothing when we worry. In fact, we're oftentimes creating scenarios that will never happen. We're oftentimes stressing ourselves out or worrying too much about those things. In fact, worry about tomorrow only drains and distracts us today. When we worry, we spend time with our minds consumed in one area of life. We stress ourselves out, often creating more anxiety and fear. We wear ourselves out, and worry is even worse when we're weary. Like, that's even more uh, problematic. And we can't focus on the people around us or even enjoy the moment that we're in. We can often become miserable to be around when we're consumed with worry. We're not called to pray and worry. We're called to pray and leave it with God. Otherwise, we're spending our wills trying to resolve our issues and needs that ultimately we can't even resolve anyway, and we're absent from the current moment because we're so wrapped up in worry for the future. That's why Jesus said in Matthew six thirty four, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So pause for a moment, chew on this, and answer the question. What are you actually accomplishing when you worry? What, what have you actually done when you're worrying? Is your mind not so consumed with those things that it's off of other things? What does worry actually do for us? How much of our lives do we waste worrying? And here's a challenging thought for all of us who have children especially. Are we perpetuating worry into our families and into our kids? I think about my oldest, and I've seen there have been some moments where she's asked certain questions and had certain thoughts in our conversations that made me realize she could be tempted to worry. And then I had to be honest and step back for a moment and think to myself, you know, children learn things. They live with learned behavior. What am I teaching my child in the way I worry that may cause them to worry rather than trusting God? So maybe you're listening today and, and you recognize, you know what, Pastor Chris, this is so true. I, dr- I struggle with worry. It is a problem in my life. I- I'm way too consumed with it. It shouldn't be this way. 
I need I need help. What do I do? How do I win the war with worry? I know I need to reflect on God's faithfulness. I know that I need to do the math and understand it doesn't help me. I know I need to seek God and cast my needs on Him. I know I need to remember whose I am as a believer, as a Christ follower. But where, where do I go right now? What do I start? What do I do right now? Here's the simple truth. Start by admitting the struggle and asking for help. Start by admitting the struggle and asking God for help. In reality, every one of us are prone to worry about something. I'm with you too. I just shared a moment ago, my youngest daughter had a stint, two stints actually in the hospital. Two moments in time in the hospital. And there were some scary points along the way. I was tempted to worry. But instead, we can give it to God and we can trust Him and we can go on walking in peace. That's why I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7. We can run to the feet of Jesus... And instead of worrying, we can cast our cares on Him and we can experience this great exchange. Listen to it again. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, notice that phrase, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace that transcends understanding. Let me let me put it in a different way that maybe will help you understand. I used to think, man, I, I can have peace, and uh, it's it's uh, better than I can even understand. How in the world can I have peace in this storm? It's it's better than I can even comprehend. But actually, it's more like peace that transcends or is better than understanding. It's saying I'm giving everything to God. I'm trusting Him with my life. I don't have all the answers to life, but I have peace. And I'd rather have peace than to know it all. I'd rather trust the one who's in control, trust the one who's faithful, trust that His promises are yes and amen in Jesus, than to have all the answers myself. I'd rather walk in God's peace than to walk in my own understanding. Peace that is better than understanding. Boy, doesn't that sound wonderful? To walk in peace no matter what we're going through because we can trust God. That's what God desires for us. So let's take some time to chew on this. What are you worried about? What are you worried about? And maybe you even ask the Holy Spirit, show me, show me the things I'm worried about. Show me the, the, the things I focus on in my worry. Show me the time that I'm consumed with worrying. And, and a simple way to answer it too is what consumes your thought life? What do you think about? Are there things that have been consuming your thought life for quite some time? Do do you do things to try to distract you from the struggle of worry? <laughs> you, you've been worried so much and it's bothering you so much and it's wearing you out so much and you don't like what's happening in your mind, but, but you don't know what to do with it. So you've been trying to do things to keep you busy and to keep you mentally busy so you're not thinking on those worries. What are you worried about? Today, instead of carrying worry, let's carry it to Jesus. And let's choose to trust Him. Let's, let's bring our needs Let's bring the people that we love. Let's bring the fears that we could potentially have in this world, the chaos of the world. Let's bring our emotions that can certainly play a part in all of this. Let's bring it all to Jesus. And when we admit we need help and we exchange the anxiousness to cast our cares on the Lord and experience His peace, the Spirit will help us. And we can win the war with worry. Hey, I hope you'll take some time this week to chew on this, give it some good thought, give it some good prayer, and I hope you make it a great day.